You're listening to a podcast from Father Peter Smith, St. Columbus Parish, North Leichhardt, on the 27th Sunday in Ordinary Time. And now here's Father Peter. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to the chief priests and the elders of the people, Listen to another parable. There was a man, a landowner, who planted a vineyard. He fenced it round, dug a wine press in it, and built a tower. Then he leased it to tenants and went abroad. When vintage time drew near, he sent his servants to the tenants to collect his produce. But the tenants seized the servants, thrashed one, killed another, and stoned a third. Next he sent some more servants, this time a larger number, and they dealt with them in the same way. Finally he sent his son to them. They will respect my son, he said. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to each other, This is the heir. Come on, let us kill him and take over his inheritance. So they seized him and threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. Now, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? They answered, he will bring those wretches to a wretched end and lease the vineyard to other tenants who will deliver the produce to him when the season arrives. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures, it was the stone rejected by the builders that became the keystone? This was the Lord's doing, and it is wonderful to see. I tell you then, that the kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit. The Gospel of the Lord. In today's parable, God plants this beautiful vineyard for his people to care for and nurture and look after. But unfortunately, it's taken over by unscrupulous tenants who decide to use it just for their own ends and their own purposes. The stone rejected by the builder became the keystone. Of course, the the analogy in today's gospel is the analogy of Jesus as being that stone that was rejected by the builders, that is, the people of Israel of his time who rejected him. I'd have to say I couldn't help reading and praying about this passage of scripture earlier in the week without thinking about the upcoming referendum next Saturday. To think that 65,000 years ago our indigenous sisters and brothers came to the vineyard that is this country Australia and they nurtured and cared for country They raised children, they hunted, they they brought peace to the land. And in 1788, colonisers came in and overtook this land. It seems to me that when we look at the plight of our Indigenous brothers and sisters, they have been the stone rejected by the builders, those who came after them. And so as we face this referendum next week, one of the things that really saddens me about it is how what I believe is a moral and ethical issue has turned political. It has been filled with lies and misconceptions and untruths about what a no vote will deliver to our nation. 
1854, John B. Polding, the very first archbishop of this diocese of Sydney, fronted a New South Wales assembly, um, sorry, the, the assembly of the parliament. And he said, you know, I put myself in the place of the blacks. And I think, what would it be like to be dispossessed of our land, to be turfed out, to be ignored? Of course, his voice was not heard. It took until 1967 that we even recognised that our Indigenous brothers and sisters were actually human beings that should be counted in this country. How appalling is that? And here we are all those years later, so many years on, voting as to whether they should even have a voice to be able to talk about the problems that are so endemic to them. I don't want to go through that again because I'm sorry, it just pains me to think of the struggles that, that our Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders go through in this country. And yet that injustice just continues. And so next Saturday, we front the referendum. We, we front the choice of a voice to parliament. Or I think the other side of that choice is to say, no, we're very happy with the way things are. I'm going to vote no because I think things should stay exactly as they are, that our Indigenous should continue to be, um, they could, should continue to be repressed in our society. I know what I'm speaking this morning is somewhat political, and I'm very happy if you want to disagree with me, that's fine. In fact, I'm very happy every Sunday if you want to disagree with me, that also is fine. And yet I passionately believe that we need to be people of justice, that we need to recognise that this referendum is not about politics, it's about justice, it's about morality, it's about how we care for the most vulnerable in our society. The No campaign has raised lots of objections. Many of them, to my mind, have been lies. The, the best one I heard this week was somebody said, I'm voting no because they stopped us climbing Ayers Rock. Yeah, good idea. Somebody else said to me, do you know that if we vote yes and it wins, they'll take over Bondi Beach? Great, yeah. Mabo's already happened. And so I think as we approach this referendum, the, it's incumbent on us as Christians to think about what today's gospel says. The vineyard of this country has been taken over. The vineyard of this country, which was cared for by the indigenous people for 65,000 years was taken over by our ancestors, for most of us. And yet they have become the stones that have been rejected by the builders of the country that we experience today. I think that we are challenged to reflect on John Paul II's words when he was out at Uluru, not Ayers Rock, Uluru, and he spoke to the indigenous out there and said, this nation will only really be what God wants it to be when we have unity, harmony and reconciliation with our Indigenous sisters and brothers. And so as we approach the referendum, maybe it's not going to get up, but I've got to tell you, I am the eternal optimist. I believe in the goodness of people. I believe in the goodness of humanity. I believe that maybe next Saturday night we will be rejoicing because we've given a voice to some of the most voiceless people in our society. And yet, if not, well, we will continue our struggle. We will continue to try and be a united nation. 
We will continue to try and bring into the fold of prosperity, wealth and so forth that we experience those most marginalised in our society. 3%, 3.1% admittedly, and yet the First Nations here, 65,000 years, they have cared for the vineyard of our nation. Let us now care for them and stop rejecting them as the stone that the builders have rejected. 